0: Subscribe to The Truth Podcast today on Apple, Spotify, or wherever you get your podcasts.
1: Welcome to Politics by Faith. Mike Slater, thanks for being here. I hope you've been enjoying our shorter morning motivations. Uh, two weeks ago, we talked about suffering and now the world responds to suffering. Last week, we talked about the Christian response to suffering, and this week, talking about the very first Beatitude Blessed are the poor in spirit. What does that mean? What does it mean to be poor in spirit? Those are the daily episodes we do. But this is the meat and potatoes right here. The longer form, original, Politics by Faith. And I'm grateful you're here. So the story of the day that is causing anxiety, Dominion Voting Systems, Inc. versus Fox News. Today we'll talk about the Dominion Voting Machine fraud lawsuit against Fox News. Oh man, what is going on here? And then what's really going on here? And then what's in my control? And then make the anxiety go away. So here's what's happening. Dominion Voting Machines. They are a manufacturer of electronic voting machines. They're used in 28 states, including swing states. Arizona, Georgia, Michigan, Nevada, Pennsylvania, and Wisconsin. They've been around for 21 years. They they are the second largest seller of voting machines in the country. Now, when Trump lost the election, people were looking for answers. How could this be? And one of the answers that people grabbed for was voter fraud. And voter fraud, perhaps lots of different ways, but one of them is by or through Dominion voting machines. You may remember Sidney Powell. Do you remember her? She kept saying she was on Trump's, like, Trump's legal team for a while, and, and she kept saying that she has proof. That Dominion committed fraud and she was about to release the Kraken. Never did. That's a bummer. So Dominion Voting Machines is suing Fox News for $1.6 billion. Jeez. Because uh, Fox would have Sidney Powell on from time to time to talk about voting fraud committed again by or through Dominion. The trial will begin in April in Delaware, but it's making news a lot now because we're getting some um, deposition statements from Fox News employees and anchors about how they really felt about the accusations versus what they said on the television. So that's what we're going to talk about here. Uh, Dominion claims that the Fox personalities and, and management knew that what they were saying about Dominion voting machines was false, but they said it anyway to get more ratings. Rupert Murdoch, he's the top dog at Fox News and News Corp, the parent company. Uh, and he was asked by the Dominion lawyers if he could have prevented Trump's lawyer, Rudy Giuliani, from continuing to spread falsehoods about the election on the television. And Murdoch responded, quote, I could have, but I didn't. So what's Fox's defense? Fox's defense is it's it was news. And we as a news organization have a First Amendment right to talk about the news and what people are saying about the news and what Trump, the president of the United States, is saying about the election and all that, right? So to say that us reporting the news is and, and what people are saying about it is defamation—that, like, like what isn't that? I don't. And I, th- I think, like, my argument for Fox would be maybe that was false. But how many COVID-related things did people either think were true at the time that turned out to be false? Okay. How many COVID-related things did people know was false, but kept reporting it? How many people at the CDC knew what they were doing was false, wrong, immoral, but they kept saying it or doing it or mandating it? Anyway, is there, like is that illegal? Is there defamation there? And not even COVID, but nearly every story that the media ran about Donald Trump and his presidency was false. And most of the time, they knew it. So is that defamation against him? Like You can't just have defamation lawsuits flying around all over the place. Uh, Fox says under Dominion's approach, if the president, hypothetically, falsely accused the vice president of plotting to assassinate him, then the press would be liable for reporting the newsworthy allegation so long as someone in the newsroom thought it was ludicrous. It's like, so like, right, so the president says, "Oh, the vice president is trying to kill me." The news, like, um, can we not talk? About, I don't. Are we allowed to talk about it? Or if we do, is that defamation against the vice president? I don't know what to do. Fox says that this defamation law would prevent journalists from basic reporting and their efforts to publicly smear Fox for covering and commenting on allegations by a sitting U.S. president should be recognized for what it is a blatant violation of the First Amendment. So Sean Hannity had Sidney Powell on his show and, and Sean was asked under oath about her claims and he said, I did not believe it for one second. Which uh, I mean, a lot of people in the media are like, "Oh, look, he's a liar. He's lying." He, like, meaning, here's what he really thought, but what he said on the radio or TV was very different. And like, I don't know. Like, do I have to agree with everything that everyone says on my radio or TV show? Is that is that the standard? I. We have private text messages that Tucker Carlson and his producer Alex Pfeiffer uh, sent around. Uh, Carlson said this software blank is absurd, referring to Dominion voting. Uh, Pfeiffer said to Carlson, I don't think there's evidence of voter fraud that swung the election. Tucker Carlson said Cindy Powell is lying. Uh, the producer said to a different executive, she is a blanking nutcase. Tucker Carlson wrote to Laura Ingram, Powell is a nut. As you said at the onset, it totally wrecked my weekend. Wow. I had to try to make the white house disavow her, which they obviously should have done long before. And Ingram wrote to Carlson, no serious lawyer could believe what they were saying. So again, the accusation is that behind the scenes, the Fox hosts knew that there was nothing to these uh, Dominion voting machine conspiracy theories. But they kept allowing a platform for the conspiracy theories to air, hence defamation. It'll be very interesting to see what the judge decides. But I want to say two things before we broaden this topic out. First, this is a 12 minute video. I'm not going to play the whole thing, but a 12 minute video of Democrats denying election results. You can
2: run the best campaign, you can even become the nominee, and you can have the election stolen from you.
1: How can you win with Russian interference, though? That's the real that thing. That's what I'm scared about no, but, in 2020. but,
2: but rightly. Because right. I
1: think he's an illegitimate president that didn't really win, so how do you, you know, fight against
2: that in 2020? You are absolutely right. He's an illegitimate president in my mind. Would you be my vice president? Folks, look, I absolutely agree. Trump didn't actually win the election in 2016. He lost the election, and he was put into office because of the Russians' interference. Trump knows he's an illegitimate president. The president-elect, although legally elected, is not legitimate. I don't see this president-elect
1: as a legitimate president. You said you believe that Russia's interference altered the outcome of the election.
2: I do. We have a president who, if in fact...
1: All right, that's one minute. Let's, uh, I'm just gonna, it's 12 minutes, this. I'm just going to randomly jump ahead here. I don't even know what they said. This is at the six and a half minute mark. The election was stolen.
0: The wife of John Kerry said she has lingering doubts about the legitimacy of the election. Her theory goes like this. Two brothers, she calls hard right Republicans, own 80% of voting machines in the US. Therefore, it would be easy to hack into the mother machines that control the electronic voting.
2: There were numerous irregularities in Ohio including large percentages of rejections of provisional balloting, problems with voting machines. As we look at our election system, I think it's fair to say that there are many legitimate questions about its accuracy, about its integrity. There are still legitimate concerns over the integrity of our elections.
1: question, obviously, is... Okay, okay, we got 12 minutes now, okay? I am absolutely certain... That if Donald Trump came out on top of the vote totals in 2020, that the left would be screaming bloody murder and blaming specifically, I mean, they already blamed Russia just four years prior, but they would be specifically blaming Dominion voting machines. Okay, I know this for two reasons. One, before the election, if you remember, the left made a big deal about Trump sabotaging the U.S. Postal Service. Do you, do you remember this? Let me quote the Brookings Institute. It's a progressive think tank. President Donald Trump's aim to dismantle the United States Postal Service to prevent voting by mail is not only an attack on fair and equitable voting and the democratic process. It's also an attack on the Constitution, U.S. veterans and racial equality. Okay? They had hearings in Washington, D.C. about how Trump is dismantling the Postal Service so as to stop mail-in ballots from being sent, right? That was their conspiracy theory. He wasn't doing that, but, but it didn't stop him from, from uh, libel. Fortune inside Trump's war on the Postal Service. Politico, how Trump's attack on the post office could backfire. The week Donald Trump is destroying the post office. Celebrities would post pictures of, um, of pickup trucks picking up blue post boxes and claiming that Trump is removing them so that people can vote by mail because it was during COVID, right? When in reality, these are just routine moving of boxes or replacing them or moving around. Like, there's just normal. So I share that, like, don't act like conspiracies only run on one side. Don't act like the left doesn't have piles of their own. And not only just general conspiracy theories, but conspiracy theories about election integrity. (laughs) It just, when they lose... They're the ones who trot them out. Do you remember Russia? The whole thing was four years of Russia all the time. But here's how I know that the left would blame, specifically, Dominion voting machines. This is a PBS NewsHour video, news report. Eight days before the election. Eight days. This is October 26th, 2020. The headline is, will Georgia's new voting machines solve election problems or make them worse? So this was just before the election and they were hedging their bets in case Trump won. What would their argument be? Here's what they said.
2: Protecting the voting process from outside interference is a high priority this election season.
0: While in the world of computer science, they are tensely tracking what the voting machines will do.
2: Georgia's kind of a petri dish.
0: Alex Halderman is a professor of computer science at the University of Michigan.
2: There's a lot more we have to learn about Georgia's election system, and that's going to help inform how to better secure elections, not just in Georgia in November, but across the country for years to come.
0: Also, taking a deep dive, election security white hat hacker, Hari Hursty.
2: They have set set up a, a
0: complicated system. Which is centralized and doesn't seem to have any safeguards. This is a um, pretty complicated way to do something you could do with pen and paper. In 2019, Georgia bought the devices from a Canadian company called Dominion Voting Systems. Election security activist Marilyn Marks was part of the lawsuit that triggered the change. But for her, ballot marking devices, now used widely in 14 states, are not the ideal remedy.
2: We need paper records that are marked by the voter,
0: with the voters on hand, where we know that was recorded the way that the voter wanted it recorded. So she and the other plaintiffs took aim at the new voting machines. The lawsuit came into sharp focus after their chaotic debut in the June primary. The poll pads took as long as 30 hours to download the voter database, displayed the wrong races, and would randomly shut down. And the power-hungry ballot-marking devices blew circuit breakers in numerous locations. Poll workers, many of whom had no hands-on training because of the pandemic, were often befuddled by the new technology.
1: We've learned a lot of lessons. We're putting technicians in every single polling place. We have to make sure that not only do the poll workers know how to use the equipment, but then these technicians are then going to be relied upon. To fix any issues, we want to just fly under the radar and do our jobs and, you know, stay away from the news.
0: (laughs) But election security experts working for the plaintiffs in the lawsuit against the state have uncovered several troubling issues. Alex Halderman looked closely at the QR codes where the votes are encoded for the scanner.
2: By analyzing the structure of the QR codes, I've been able to learn that um, there's nothing that stops an attacker from just duplicating one, and the duplicate would count the same as the original barcode.
0: And in late September, another concern came to light. During testing, election workers found half the names of the 21 candidates for Senate intermittently disappeared from screens during the review phase. Dominion sent out a last minute software patch.
2: I'm worried that the Georgia system is the technical equivalent to the 737 MAX. They've just made a last minute software change that uh, might well have unintended consequences and cause even more severe problems on election day. You never want to rush
0: something which is mission critical, and this is mission critical, into production without proper time of testing. That's really One of the ways bad actors are finding the vulnerabilities to exploit is looking for in honest vulnerabilities and finding out if they can be weaponized, if they can be exploited. Despite all the concerns, federal judge Amy Totenberg decided to let the election proceed with the ballot marking device system.
1: I played a lot of that. It's a seven minute piece. You can you can it's still up on the Internet (laughs) for now. Will Georgia's new voting machine solve election problems or make them worse? PBS.org. You can find it right there. So that was eight days before the election. All these concerns. Oh, people can print out the QR codes multiple times and scan them through. And oh, I don't know. I guess they'll let it, they'll let it ride. We'll see how it goes down in Georgia. And then after the election, perfect. Everything's perfect. And every, oh, oh, can't ask any questions. <laughs> Unbelievable. All right. So that's what's going on. <laughs> what's really going on here? So I'm reflecting on the post-2020 election coverage from Election Day to January 6th, really, that period. I think about three points or so I want to make. One of the things that the winning side needs to be aware of, of every election, is that it can take some time for the other side to get over the shock and disappointment of losing and to come to terms with what's happening. And that's okay. Just give it some time. It was the same with the Hillary voters in 2016. They were totally dumbfounded, like shocked beyond all belief. And it took them a while. It took them 40 years to get over, right? But give people some time to come to terms with the grieving process, at least. But two days after the 2020 election, when Trump supporters are looking for some answers and have some completely legitimate concerns about election integrity, just... I cite the PBS story from eight days before the election. Two days later, it was, oh, you're an election denier. Conspiracy of yours. Give people some time to come to terms with it all. Second point, no one wants to be a victim of fraud. The Bible is very clear about how sinful dishonest gain is, lying and stealing. Proverbs 20:17: bread gained by deceit is sweet to a man. But afterward, his mouth will be full of gravel. An amazing scripture. Uh, Proverbs 12, 22. Lying lips are an abomination to the Lord. And Micah 2. Uh, Woe to those who devise wickedness and work evil on their beds. What does that mean? Uh, they're plotting all night long. They're devising wickedness and evil uh, while just thinking about it all night long. And then when they wake up, they enact all the evil schemes that they came up with. No one wants to be the victim of fraud or lying or stealing. We want an election system that we can trust. There's no shame there. Third point when it comes to the anchors, Fox News and others, the claim is that they were pressured to continue these claims because they wanted to be liked by their audience, or at least not, they didn't want their audience to get mad at them, and they wanted to get ratings over the truth. That is a constant pressure for everyone who has an audience because no one wants to hear the truth. It's just the, and this is not a political statement. This is just human beings. So I don't know if you're listening to this and you're like, oh, you're making fun of Republicans. You're making fun of Democrats. You're missing the point. This is true of human beings. No one wants to hear the truth. You didn't even like what I just said right there because I was, I was calling you out and you're like, I don't like this guy anymore. That's my point. No one wants to hear the truth. We only want to hear what makes us feel good. I wrote a book about this. It's called "How to Change Someone's Mind." It's very short. It'll take you like an hour to read. It's more of a pamphlet, really. And uh, okay, this is chapter four. Fact one, it's much easier to change someone's mind if they want their mind changed. Fact two, almost no one ever wants their mind to be changed. <laughs> so good luck but the rest of the book is about how to, it's available on Amazon. Now I'd give you a discount code. Like I do with the Christian parenting course. Uh, I, I don't, I don't know how to do it on Amazon. So it's five bucks. How to change someone's mind if you want to buy, but that's the point. We don't, no one wants to be told the truth. They just want to, they want to, they want to hear something that confirms I'm right. I just, I want to hear someone tell me that I'm Right. (laughs) It can be very hard for people about anything to hear the hard truth. We don't like it. We just want to be right about everything all the time. One of my favorite Bible verses, Proverbs 27, 6. Wounds from a friend can be trusted, but an enemy multiplies kisses. An enemy will kiss you, flatter you, tell you how wonderful you are in every way. They'll lie to your face, tell you how perfect and fantastic you are. Oh, the kisses. Thank you for the kisses. That's an enemy, but a trusted friend. They'll tell you the truth. It can wound you, but maybe that's what you need. Wounds from a friend can be trusted. Now we can believe that it still doesn't make it any easier in the moment to be told the truth. We can only be told the truth if we have a very humble heart. We'll get to that in a minute. But first, I need to lament some more. (laughs) Let's lament the voting system that we have in these United States of America, a failing empire in front of our eyes. How can we be so terrible at something so important? We're so inept. How can it take days, or even weeks to get election results? How can our voting system be so worthless? Do you know what they do in France? Do you know how the elections work over there? Here it is. You vote in person. You got one day. They call it election day. No mail-in ballots allowed. They used to have mail-in ballots in France in the 70s. They got rid of them because it was too easy to be fraudulent. Crazy. You need photo ID. You sign a document when you get there. You cast your vote. You put it in a glass jar, like a big glass box. The polls close. They lock the doors. Anyone can stick around. If you want to be there and witness them counting the vote one by one and then they report the votes to headquarters, it's all public and everyone, and they just add them up. There you go. No problems. It's common sense. Easy peasy. It's what you do. In person, one day, photo, photo ID counted immediately by hand. If, if a Republican state, a red state proposed these types of, oh my, Jim Crow, well, 3.0 because 2.0. Remember uh, Georgia had their voting reform law. And it allowed 17 days of early voting, which I'm against, by the way. There should be no early voting, but 17 days. And they're oh, it's Jim Crow 2.0. It's horrible. The wall. Remember, they are freaking out. And and meanwhile, in Delaware, Biden's home state, they only had 10 days of early voting. So this had more early voting days than than Delaware <laughs> and almost every other state too. And it was Jim Crow 2.0. And uh, in the in the next election, more black people voted than ever before. So <laughs> whatever. Uh, but I just hate how broken it is. I hate how political. I hate it. I hate the whole thing. How I hate that we can't figure it out. And this is what leads people to believe, quite rationally, that there are powerful groups of people in this country who don't want to figure it out. How can you not figure? How you're either so unbelievably inept, which might be true or there's something worse going on and that might be true too but oh election denial okay i did i had to get that out to lament that's the lament section (laughs) all right so let's get to the the bigger story here let's move let's move away from just election results let's talk about the ability to hear hard truth we know the Proverbs twenty-seven, seventeen: as iron sharpens iron, so one person sharpens another. Well, how does iron sharpen iron? By clashing against it. Now, here's the key. Both sides need to clash up against each other for the edges to become sharper, which means you need to want to be sharpened. Otherwise, you just got a piece of iron whacking up against you. But if you want to be sharpened, and if you want to be more useful, and if you want to shine brighter, you need to want to be smacked around by iron. It might hurt, but it's good. Hard truths can hurt, but we need to be people who live in the truth. To be clear, I'm not talking about the election anymore. I'm talking about everything else in life. I think of Paul. So Paul wrote Philippians 4, 6, be anxious for nothing. But in everything, by prayer and supplication, with thanksgiving, let your request be known to God. And the peace of God, which surpasses all understanding, will guard your hearts and minds through Christ Jesus. A little context to when he wrote that. Not far before that, he returned from uh, a long time at sea, headed to Rome. The ship they were on kept making all these stops. They ended up on this big Egyptian grain ship. It was 100 feet long, not made to withstand storms. And they're stopping at all these ports. And the sailors wanted to go to this one place. And Paul said, that's a bad idea. (laughs) We shouldn't do that. We should go over here instead. But of course, the sailors didn't listen to him. So they went where they wanted to go. And a huge storm came on. If you think I'm making this up, this is all Acts 27. If you want to go and read that and get more detail. Uh, Acts 27, 18. Since we were violently storm-tossed, they began. so this huge storm comes and it's just crushing them. Uh, They began the next day to jettison the cargo. We throw everything overboard, make us a lighter load. And on the third day, they threw the ship's tackle overboard with their own hands. When neither sun nor stars appeared for many days, and no small tempest lay on us, all hope of our being saved was at last abandoned. They they all lost. How long were they at storm? 14 days. (laughs) They were in the middle of the storm for 14 days, two weeks of no sun, no stars, huge, massive nor'easter winter storm to the point where all hope was was abandoned. They completely gave up. Why do I share this story? Verse 21. Again, this is Acts 27. Since they had been without food for a long time, Paul stood up among them and said, Men, you should have listened to me and not have set sail from Crete and incurred this injury and loss. And he goes on. There's a ton more to learn from the rest of this speech that he gives to the sailors. It's awesome. But I just want to stop on that part there. Because he started his speech with a rebuke. You should have listened to me. Now, people don't normally like the, I told you so. That's not not great. People, People don't love that. But Paul pulled it off here. And God pulls it off with you too. I told you so. He will rebuke you because he loves you. God corrects those he loves. And he loves you. And if you are loved by others, you should want to be corrected too. Don't run from correction. Don't run from the truth. It could save your life. And that's the story of Achan. We told the story before, but we left one part of it out. So the short of it, Israelites entering the promised land, they got to destroy Jericho. And they do. But God says, do not take the spoils for yourself Bring everything back to the tabernacle and give it to God. Achan decides to take some gold and silver and a robe for himself. So he took it himself and then buried it in the ground in his tent. The next battle they fought was Ai, and the Israelites they spotted it out and they're like, no problem, this little town we can take them out with a couple guys. No, they go and they get crushed. The Israelites get crushed, and they're now they're distraught. Like what happened? Like God has abandoned us. What do we do? It's terrible. And God said, guys, I, I didn't have you win. I wasn't with you there because someone disobeyed me in the battle of Jericho. And this long process, they found out I was Achan and he admitted it. And then they forgave him and moved on. Let bygones be bygones. No, they didn't, they didn't move on. 36 people died in that battle with AI. 36 people. They brought Achan and his whole family to a valley. And stoned him to death. Now I was reading that story with the kids the other day. And my six-year-old asked, why his family? Why did they kill his whole family? We don't know exactly. But a few things to consider. Sin affects other people. Always. The 36 people who died because of Aiken's disobedience. They, right? They were affected. And here's his family being punished too. Our family and the people around us feel the effects of our sin. It's true, like people at your work, if you're in a leadership position, anywhere else, like people feel the effects of your sin. Sin affects other people too. Maybe Aiken's children were already showing the same greed and disobedience that their dad was, maybe. Maybe his family knew what dad did and didn't stop him. Maybe they didn't tell him the truth. Maybe they didn't tell him what he needed to hear. I mean, of course they knew he didn't want to hear it. Did his family know about what Aiken did and not stop him? We don't know for sure. But if so, should they be held accountable to Maybe no one in Aiken's family told him the hard truth that he needed to hear. Don't do this. Something that could have prevented his sin and prevented his punishment and prevented his death. So Slater, what's in my control? What is in your control? Oh, should we go back to voting? Yeah, there are election integrity groups in your community. You should uh, support them, reach out to them. Become a poll watcher. Be a part of the process. Advocate for election reform. Don't be shamed into thinking you're a racist because you think people should have voter ID. There's <laughs> a great video from Ami Horowitz. And he goes to, I think, Columbia. And he asks all these white people, oh, do you, do you think black people and voter ID, is that racist? They're like, oh, yes, very racist. You know, black people, they just don't know where the DMV is. They can't afford a driver's license. They don't have driver's licenses. And it's very racist to have voter ID to black people are very. And then he goes to Harlem and he asks black people. He's like, what do you think of these white people saying that you can't figure out how to get an ID? They're like, I have an ID. <laughs> you, like, well, the, you don't know where the DMV is. And the guy's like, it's on 110th and 6th. Street. It's, like, right, it's a couple of months. Oh, well you can't afford an ID. And they're like, everyone I know has an ID. What are you talking about? <laughs> right. So don't fall for this lie. That voter ID is racist. Don't fall for any of that stuff. Demand complete election integrity. I thought democracy died in darkness. Well, we're we're also going to have this ridiculous voting system (laughs) that no one trusts. Demand that. And vote. Because you're one of the few people who knows what's really going on. But big picture life, what's in your control, is to prepare yourself to hear the truth. Be the kind of person who wants to hear the truth. Value truth over your feelings. The truth may hurt. But in the end, we are people who value truth. Or we're not. Or we're just like everyone else. Or we're like everyone else who doesn't think truth really exists and it's all relative and it's all about feelings. We can be like that. I don't want to. We need to be people who can hear the truth and be corrected well. I mean, we can give advice on how to correct other people well, but I think what's important here is to be the person who can, who can get corrected well. Just like someone who can uh, give correction in love, we must also accept the truth in love. Oh, it can be hard. It can be hard from a boss. It can be hard from a family member. But we need to love the truth. John 1.14, Jesus came from the Father full of grace and truth. So if we're going to be people who believe that truth exists, we need to want to hear it. And we need to be people who accept it well. I will leave you with this final thought, Zechariah 8, 16. These are the things that you should do. Speak the truth to one another. Render in your gates judgments that are true. And make for peace. Do not devise evil in your hearts against one another. And love no false oath. Tell the truth for all these things i hate declares the lord let us be people who love truth my email is slaterradio at gmail.com if you have any uh, questions comments concerns requests for clarification don't give me any feedback or criticism i don't want to hear it. <laughs> wait what so I don't, did you hear what you just said for a half an hour i no, accept it all. Iron sharpens iron, right? Slater Radio at gmail.com. If you could leave a five-star review, that'd be amazing. Helps with the algorithm so we can spread the podcast around. I'm grateful for you. I hope you have a wonderful night. Politics by faith. Thanks, Slater.